This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Listen, could we pray? We're going to jump into where we've been in this One Initiative series where we are moving forward together. Everybody say together. Let me just pray. Lord, would you come and just give a flow here this morning where your word is something that we're able to see and to hear and to recognize in a familiar way with even this word that you've placed on the inside of our hearts as your sons and your daughters. Ones created in your image, called according to your purposes. Would you come and would you speak to us and not just speak to us, but plant something so deep on the inside of us that fruit will come from this day. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. So the word today, we've been going through specific words over the last three weeks. This is week four. We'll be in five next week when we're looking at one in, as a family. And then we'll be you know, concluding this series on the 15th. Um, but we're going to be looking at the word surrender. Now when you hear that word, there could be all kinds of religious connotations that come with that word. And I just want to tell you that this word surrender is, is not um, a word that's, that's trying to bring any pain or challenges to our life, although it may feel like that on some level. Actually, the word surrender is for the good and blessing over every single life inside of this room. Because when we surrender to God and his ways, we get God. And in God, everything in him is good. There's so many things in the world that we've surrendered to, that we've given ourselves to. When I say world, I'm talking about the world system, the world's culture. And God wants to move us and and transition us from the culture of this world into the culture of his kingdom. And one of the ways that he does that is he helps us to come into the place of surrender. Last week, we looked at, our first week, sorry, we looked at the word obedience, where there's this this out of saying yes to following after God's will, there's an entrance into the beginning of living this life in God. So obedience is key, right? And then we moved into this whole concept of trust. We looked at the word trust. And the thing about trust is where you say, okay, yes, God, I'm going to follow you. Then along the journey, you learn to grow in your trust of the Lord. And as you trust him, you can then be entrusted by him with the things he wants to give you. Does that make sense? So it's obedience, I'll follow you, then it's trust, God, I trust you. And then all of a sudden he begins to give you things to steward so that as you steward the small things, you begin to move and be faithful in the bigger things that he wants to give you. Last week we took a look at priority where we're giving first place to the Lord and to the things that he's entrusted us to steward, which is simply to know him, these are the things that he wants us to, 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 the treasures, the true things that mean matter, mean and really matter in life. It's to know him and to love other people, to express the love of God. So today, we're going to take a look at surrender, which is in stewarding these things that he's entrusted to us, which is loving others. He's going to give us the capacity in our surrender to love others in the same exact way that he's loved us. Everything, my friends. If you look at the entire Bible, everything can be summed up in this one statement, and that's love other people as Christ has loved you. You want to change the world? 
You want to make an impact in your life? You want to leave a legacy to your children and and your children's children? Love other people in the same exact way that he has loved you. But let me say this right up front. When we're moving into this place of surrender, we are breaking off of our lives this thing that I call a transactional spirit that is actually how the culture of this world operates, where it's not transformational. It's all transactional. I remember when I was an athlete at the University of South Carolina, and I'd just come off a season where I won the conference championship and, you know, man, was on top, one of the top three pole vaulters in the nation at the time. And then we were starting out the next year, and me and my coach were talking about something, and I was kind of, you know, like, hey, how's everything going to go for me this year in terms of just, you know, my, my career? And he said, well, Darren, I have a question for you. What have you done for me lately? That's what he said. And here I had, you know, accomplished these 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 accomplishments in my athletic career in such a way that, that I thought, well, hey, all, all of this should, you know, give me some, some credibility moving forward. And he was in a transactional space. He's like, well, that was all good and well last year, Darren, but what have you done for me lately? Have you ever felt that? Have you ever felt the pressure of this world where it's like, man, if, if, if I'm not going to scratch your back unless you scratch my back? Like, that's kind of how this whole thing works. The system of this world is transactional, but the, the kingdom of God is transformational. What do I mean by transformational? Transformational, where the agape love of God that we have received from him. We now have capacity as we have learned obedience and following him, trust in him, where he's entrusted us with things, priority of giving first place to, the, to his love and to loving other people. And then we move into this surrender where the agape love of God has the potential through our lives to change any single person that we come in contact with. Is this? Anybody... Any circumstance, but you can't give away what you have not received first for yourself. And this is why he's calling, and I, I'm, I'm just going to say this with boldness, I believe he's calling his body to a place of surrender like no other place that we've ever been with him in surrender before. He's calling you and me to surrender ourselves to him and his ways. Look with me, Matthew chapter 16, we're going to take a look into this love. It's a love with no agenda, has no transactional aspect to it whatsoever. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is speaking, look at this with me in verse 24. Jesus says to his disciples, by the way, these are the people that have already obediently followed him. You know, they've... they've begun to trust in him. They've made some things in their life a priority. But now is a moment where he's saying, I'm I'm taking you deeper. I'm calling you into a deeper space where I'm going to have you surrender. Look what he says in verse 1. I'm sorry, verse 24. If anyone desires. How many of you know that even that word, God has given that to us as a gift, desire for him. It comes along with faith. It's, it's a gift so that none of us can boast. He puts these things in our heart. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, listen, 
Here's what that literally means. If you desire to come after him, it is simply this, to be, not to do. To come into this place of like, you know, what was that, that um, uh, it wasn't an opera, it's like where you, the, the play where they would say, to be or not to be. What is that? A Shakespeare. Okay, thank you, Juan. I was just making sure you remembered, all right? Shakespeare, to be or not to be. If we desire to come after God, he's inviting us into a place of being, not doing. First and foremost, if you can't be first, you're never going to be able to do the things that he's called you to do. Otherwise, you're doing it all out of self-effort and your own desire and your own abilities and your own passion, which works for a little while. But he's saying, listen, as I'm calling you into this greater place of surrender, I'm asking you first just to be. Now, this may sound strange in our, in our community here, but when people come in, they get all excited about what's going on in the harbor, and the first thing they want to do is, like, get involved in this, that, and the other, which is awesome because, you know, we want to see everybody activated in the things that are inside of their heart. But, you know, God often tells us to, to tell them, hey, just be for a little bit. Just sit and marinate in the goodness of God before you start stepping out into this, that, and the other, right? Because God, first and foremost, wants us to be, wants us to be, not do. And then he says, let him or her, you can fill that in there, deny himself. Now that has been so religiously misinterpreted. If you look at the context here in the Greek, it means to surrender your own agenda. So come and be. And as you come and be, surrender over to God everything that you think in your heart is how this thing is going to work and how this thing is going to go. This is the quietest crowd I've ever spoken in front of in my entire life. (laughs) To surrender your own agenda. Then he says, take up his cross. You know what that means? That means to lay down living for self or to die to self. You don't need to crucify yourself for the redemption of your own sins. You don't need to pay the price for any of those realities. Jesus has fully accomplished that on the cross, but he is asking you to lay down a life of living for yourself. He is asking you of that. He is asking you that. I think it was Madame Gayong that says, the cross brings me to God, and then God brings me across. There has to be the loss of something. And in this case, it's not the loss of a bad thing. It's the loss of a good thing. Stop living for you. 
Now, here's the mystery of that. God wants you to experience everything that he's destined for you to do and to experience in this thing called life. But first, we must just be, we must lay down our own agenda, and then we must say, okay, I'm not going to look at this thing through the lens of what it's all about for me. How many of you know the gospel is not a narcissistic gospel? Narcissism is alive and well in planet transactional culture called earth. People can't wait to see their own faces on their Instagram story. And we, we, can, we can make those things into, you know, we can spiritualize it. And God, look what I'm doing for you. But what, what, but what do we do when we're waking up and it's like, man, it's all about us, right? This is just not where God is taking us. And then he says, lastly, he says, follow me. What that means is follow in the ways of Christ. Have we, you know, come to this place where we realize that it's possible for us to live a life that actually looks like Jesus? We would say that religion would tell us, oh, you'll never be able to look like Jesus. That is the biggest lie from the pit of hell that anyone could ever believe in. If he came to give his life and his blood and love caused him to lay down his, his very essence as a sacrificial gift on the cross so that as the firstborn, it says in the Bible, of many brothers and sisters, that we are not able to come in, live out the ways of Jesus? Is it a process? For sure. But God is moving us from glory to glory where as we surrender, right? As we surrender our lives, as we, we just be instead of do, we, we get rid of our own agendas. We sit before the Lord and we say, God, I don't want to live for self anymore. I want to follow after you. I want to look like Jesus. God will promise to give you an answer to that prayer because it's resonant already on the inside of you. It says Christ in you. The ho- Christ in you, the hope of glory for the entire world. The hope that the world is looking for is you, 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 me, all of us in this room to get outside of these four walls and go look like Jesus to other people because we know him and we're loving other people in a place of agape. This is where it comes down to not my will, but yours be done. Jesus said that himself. We follow in his ways. I only want to manifest the agenda of the Father. Well, how do you know what the agenda of the Father is? You got to get to know Him. You got to get to understand His nature and His character, which is revealed in His Word. Wrapping this up, verse twenty-five. This is powerful. Whoever desires to save his life or to preserve self, your old identity, the one that you're dysfunctionally connected to, that you lean into actually way too much because you think it's more of you than who God has actually defined for you to be. Well, lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake 
And that means literally on the sake, on the account of my cause that I've come to bring the world to the world, you'll find it. And that means to obtain, or maybe even better, to see who we were always destined to be and what we were always created to do. When you find it, there's capacity now to see, my goodness, this is the real, most authentic me right here. And this over here is exactly what you've called me to do in my life. Trust me, from the day you were born, even up until now, culture has been trying to shape you into somebody or something that's completely different than who you really are in God. And he's actually had you interested in all these other, got you interested in all these other things, not because you like that or even feel called to it, but because he's trying to conform you to another reality. But God is calling you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is your belief systems, by the washing of the water of the word of God, which is the written word and the living word coming to us in encounter. God is wanting to come and do something deep in the church through this thing called surrender. Last little verse here, Matthew 26, broken up into two parts, A and B for me. He says, for what profit? Meaning, is that even useful for you? Does that have any benefit to you really at the end of the day? That's what Jesus is trying to say here. For what profit is to a man who gains the whole world? That word there is a powerful word. It's talking cosmos. It's not just talking. It's like all of the creative order. What if you became, in essence, like your own God, and you achieved something beyond anything you could ever imagine? But you lose your own soul. Does God want us to gain things in the world? Totally. He wants to bring the biggest move of God that this earth called planet earth has ever seen. And he's going to use you and me to do that. But not, Grant and I talk about this a lot. He has an amazing word on this. But not at the, for the sake of us losing our soul in the process. Do you know what that, that, that word soul there is? What it means? It's not pneuma, which means a rational soul or your mental disposition. He's not talking about that. He's not talking about, okay, I'm going to get all up in your dome, and I'm not going to let you lose all this intellect that you have. He's not, he's not talking about that here. It's not even Zoe, which is simply put vitality of life. He's going to give us that, but that's not what he's after here. Soul here is, in this verse, is the word suke, which means breath or spirit of a man. So it's like the spirit of man. Insert woman. Like it's the essence kind of, it's like that spirit of who you are that God's spirit now makes come alive. All right? Another way of defining it would be a heart, your heart. Kenyo, you guys can come up. I, I want to just, I, I want to try to get this in. Your heart. What makes you breathe? What makes you really want to live? 
What makes you burn on the inside? What makes you come alive? Your heart. And it's a heart for two things as primary. Your heart for God as he has come and touched down in your life first, and then your heart for other people. But here's the thing. The enemy ain't playing games when it comes to your heart. He wants to crush your heart. He's going to do any and everything that he can to crush your heart. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to blame it all on God. He's going to say, hey, that good father that you've given your life to, he allowed this to happen. He's the one that's done this to you. If it wouldn't have been for him, you wouldn't be in all this mess. The very thing he's doing, he's projecting onto the Father, and we're buying into it, hook, like, and sing, uh, line, and sinker. It's why the Lord says, on the eve of the greatest move of God I'm going to bring to planet Earth, the love of many will grow cold. Our hearts somehow are going to take a turn? Yes, because of offense. Yes, because of disappointment. Yes, because things didn't go our way. But you see, God is wanting to get at something deeper in the midst of those moments. The enemy's applying his pressure, but he's overplaying his hand because it's going to actually work for the good of the church. Maybe not everybody initially, but it's going to take place and root in a remnant of people who are going to burn for God even in the midst of their circumstances like never before. He says in the latter part of this verse, he said, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? There's transactional language. vacation is going to fix this thing? You think another car? You think someone's pat on your back telling you how awesome you are is going to fix that thing? We yield the fear of man, man pleasing, that's going to do it. What are you going to, what, what, what transactional thing are you going to try to put in there to fix this thing? When God's saying, come, your father, the one who created you before you were fashioned in your mother's womb, he's saying, come, can we, just, can we just be for a while together? Could we just have a moment where the way you thought something was going to go that's so thrown you for a loop, you can just sit and rest in me and give that all away. Don't carry that anymore. as we close, I want you to take out your communion elements. We're going to take these together. I, I, yeah, thank you, babe. And if you don't have one, I think we have them somewhere. Yeah, on the back table there. You can get up and, and go grab one if that's okay. We were, I don't know, maybe five years into this journey, we had like a pretty strong little team and there was a lot of momentum. There was a lot of movement. God was really burning in our midst. We weren't rooted in our identity as a church yet, but we were, we were getting there. We were well on our way. And we were connected to this other ministry in another city that began to just explode nationally and even globally. And about half of our team decided, hey, we're going to go up and be part of that ministry. And I remember just feeling like such disappointment in that moment. I'm like, 
oh my gosh, like, Lord, I've loved so well. We're starting to move forward, and now half our team is gone. And I was a little disillusioned, and then the Lord asked me a question. He said, are you loving them for them, or are you loving them for me? That, that you, you, I hope you can hear this. Like even our love for other people, it has to be rooted in first loving God. Because he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never abandon you. And even, because I'm, hear me in this, you're going to be putting yourself out there as God begins to move you in these spaces to love other people. And they're not going to respond in the way that you had hoped that they would respond. And our hearts in those moments can turn. But God wants to move us closer to him. Where he said, just love them as you're loving me. And it's all going to be okay. I'll never leave you. Rejection is such a massive thing over our culture right now. But there's a Jesus that came and gave his body that was broken upon a tree so that we could have complete and total union with God. Can you imagine? Even today, if you know Jesus in this place, you are carrying the Godhead on the inside of you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on the inside of your frame that was made possible All separation, all distance canceled by one act of love. One act. Death on a cross. And so he invites us to remember this. And then he says, eat of me. Eat of this gift. Take it on the inside. Not just symbolically, but but realize that this is my partnership with you. So Lord, thank you for a body that was broken, that keeps us connected to you and to your purposes, despite ups and downs and disappointments and discouragements, and even our own frailty in the midst of the process. Teach us to know you and teach us to love others like you loved us with no agenda. We eat today. We eat today. Take of the body of Christ. There was blood that was spilled, poured from the side of Jesus into the earth and began to even bring redemption to the very ground that we stand on. The word of the Lord says that all of creation is crying out for the revelation or the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. And as it travails, it's longing for these ones to rise. Could we, as we take and drink today, could we recognize even in humility and frailty that it's speaking of us? Would you drink with me today? ready to move physically from this location to another location. Actually, same exact size as this building, 10,000 square feet. 
little bit to the west. But it's interesting how even a move like that in the natural can try to shake us in the spirit. I say that because I've walked through that a little bit, but man, now I'm like so excited. I see what God is up to. And I'm willing to surrender to the process. And even if that looks a little different than the way I thought it was going to go, I'm like, I'm in. Could we close today? I know we're run, run over a little bit. We're going to ask the parents to go grab their kids. But can we stand together as these guys lead us? And you'll be officially dismissed after I get off the stage. But could we just take a moment as can yell and them lead us? Could we, if you don't have to run away right, right quick, just take a moment. And just say, God, I want to saturate myself in a new place of surrender. To go there with you in a way that maybe you've never done these kind of depths of surrender before. And to have your way today. So, Spirit of God, would you come even now? The Bible says actually to lift up our hands in surrender to the Lord. So that we say, God, I yield to your ways. Can we do that all over this room if that's okay? If you're comfortable with that, just lift up your hands and say, I surrender. I surrender everything that I have. I put my trust in you. I, I lay down my own agendas. God, I don't, I don't, I'm not living for self here. Would you come and would you captivate me with the things that you love? Would you give me a heart that burns for the things that burn on your heart? Would you come and raise me up into the ways that you've called me to live and, and to be for you, God, in this moment? Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.